Hey, everybody. It's the Never Heard of a Podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen through the cracks. Excited to have you. Excited to have my co-host, Craig Moorhead, here. Craig, oh, my God. Is that Santa behind you in your fireplace? That's right. He's in my fireplace. I'm burning Santa oh because my God. Okay. I have, yes, I'm 100% against Christmas. The war on Christmas ends tonight, uh, uh, at least as far as I know. I figured hmm. if Santa's not around, that's pretty much it. Um, I, well, maybe that might not stop things beginning. We go, yeah, go ahead. Okay, fair enough. Well, no matter what, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 really so close to Christmas time. I know it's uh it's it's kind of crazy, but I'm glad you know that we're watching a couple of Christmas movies this month, as we we sort of tend to do, and uh, kind of helps kind of helps get in the mood, you know, of all this stuff. No kidding. We had a, a very merry cage must the last two weeks mm-hmm. talking about Nicolas Cage in The Family Man. So if you That's skipped right. those, maybe, uh, you know, figure out uh, what you're doing with your life and go back and listen to them and try to get your shit together before the year ends, right? Yeah, exactly. Was that a little harsh? That, was a, that came in a little strong. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's there. We were happy to talk about it. If you've seen that one, let us know what you thought about it. And if you've Seen the one we're going to talk about today, especially. Man, I would love to know what, what people think of this one. Yes. We'll get to that in a second. But if they do want to come say hello, Craig, why don't you tell them how to do that real quickly, and we'll dive right in. I'll be glad to do that. You know, if you wanted to get in contact with us, uh, it's very easy to do so. We're, we're so approachable, the two of us. <laughs> you, can find, you can find us on Twitter, at Never Very Podcast. approachable. We're so approachable. Come on. <laughs> Nothing come creepy over about here. that. Yeah, uh, my van is just really <laughs> approachable. I know it doesn't look like it from the, the side. It's the one idling over there. Yeah, it's uh, it's warm inside. Yeah. Um, so warm. Oh God. Okay. So anyway, you can find us uh, at a very safe distance on Twitter at Never Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Never Podcast. You'll find us on Instagram at NHOIT Podcast, and you should be able to get in touch with us in any of those places and just. Let us know if there's a movie you want us to watch or if you have any thoughts about the last episode we did or uh, if you just want to even leave like a blank message. Just like message us and leave three little dots and we'll be so confused for weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of it's welcome. And if you want to hear more episodes of the podcast, you will find them all in a few places. You'll find them in... Uh, p- nope, not in. You'll find them on Spotify. You'll find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Anchor, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Castbox. Any of those places, you can find them all. Going all the way back to number one. And uh, if you like them, you can subscribe to them, and you can leave a review, which would help other people find them, which would make us feel so nice and and jolly. Wouldn't it, Sean? Wouldn't that make you feel jolly? So jolly. And mm-hmm. if you especially want to hit up those social media places, do so. Now, because January 1st, we're burning them to the ground. Oh, Craig, they're gone. Along with Santa. 100%. You know, as we mentioned in our last two episodes, Craig got a little inspired by one of his favorite Christmas films of mm. all time, and mm-hmm. that is It's a Wonderful Life, of course, the Frank Capra classic. And we've got a direct descendant here today, which I just am going to go ahead and start, and we'll probably repeat this question uh, when we talk next week, but where the hell did you hear about this movie, Craig? 
Well, I'm going to tell you, Sean, I was mainly I was looking up holiday movies, mm-hmm. just trying to find something that really that, that that just it was kind of amazing that I'd never heard of it. That was my main goal. I wanted to find not just something I hadn't heard of, because that's that's sort of easy. But that's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but something that had so much going for it that that it was kind of mind blowing that I'd never heard of it. And I have never heard of this. And the fact that it's based on It's a Wonderful Life uh, was also kind of something I was searching for because I knew so many movies had sort of used that uh, that story as a, as a framing device uh, in one way or another. So that was really it. I wanted to see what kind of remakes uh, had been made from this movie. And by God, this one came a popping up. Yes, it did, and it sounds fascinating. The movie is It Happened One Christmas. It's from 1977, and maybe we should throw movie in quotation marks, Craig, because this is a TV movie, and it, it was made movie. specifically for television, aired specifically on television, mm-hmm. and I think died specifically on television. Apparently. At least for years and years, and yeah, I've never heard of this, no. uh, anybody ever say anything about it, and there's some interesting folks behind the camera and so kudos to you for digging up this little gemstone. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go ahead and, and uh, get us uh, get us going here on, on who all is in this thing and who made it. Yeah, let's jump right in. So this is It Happened One Christmas. This is from 1977. And this movie was directed by Donald Rye. Now, Donald Rye directed the 1978 movie just one year later, Sean. Hmm. Directed the movie Ice Castles. Have you heard of Ice Castles? I have. Have I seen it? I don't know. See, I have seen it because I have a sister who's three years older than me. Okay. And it is a romantic story centering on ice skaters. And I mean, I've probably seen that movie before I was 10 years old. I'd probably seen that movie <laughs> yeah. five or six times. Uh, Look at that poster. I mean, yeah, it's worth looking up if you're listening to this <laughs> and have access to your IMDb's. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, Ice Castles was a big part of my childhood, which is kind of kind of weird to think about now. Yeah, hey, Tom Skerritt was in it. Tom Skerritt's in it. I believe it's Rob, Robbie Benson is is the lead in it. Like there was a time where he was like the sort of a heartthrob, I guess. It was, it's really an interesting movie. But um, cool. but what's maybe even more interesting is that in 2010, Donald Rye directed a movie called Ice Castles. He what? directed the remake of Ice Castles. And I really have no idea about that one at all. I'd never heard of it even. Huh. Uh, but I, that was pretty interesting. But I, I just kind of wa- do wonder how how enduring Ice Castles has been, at least among the tween girl crowd. I, I just, yeah. curiously, if, if it well, still I, I comes I can up. maybe uh, take a poll on that with some of my students and see if any of them watched Ice Castles. Yeah. I, oh, I would love to know. Yeah, <laughs> I that's, would love uh, to know that. Well, also, I'm, I'm really curious about... Uh, you know, the list of directors who have remade their own films yeah, it, it probably is, is fairly short. So I'd be curious to see yeah. you know, who else is on that list now that you yeah. mention it. Anyway. 100%. Uh, he also directed a movie, and I just like the title of this, The Man Who Could Talk to Kids. <laughs> uh, that could yeah. go so many different ways. It really yeah. could. It really could. I, I chose to take it in its most pure form. Uh, but, but it really, yeah, you might be in dangerous territory there. Uh, but, but it happened one Christmas 
is credited uh, partially to Philip Van Doren Stern, who wrote the short story The Greatest Gift, which is what It's a Wonderful Life was based on. Mm-hmm. He wrote that in 1940, or rather published it in 1943. Uh, and he wrote quite a few other books, historical books and biographies. He was quite the author. Mm. Uh, but Greatest Gift was, I believe it was a book that, well, maybe you have trivia on this. I don't want to go too deep into it. I do it. not, know. Okay. I, I believe it was something that he had been working on for a very long time with many people discouraging from him from publishing it and saying, eh, whatever, it's not that great. And then when he finally did do it, it just kind of blew up. And it was just yeah. a, a, an enormous story. And then, you know, a studio head found it and, you know, the rest is his story. Yeah, he told all of them to eat crap and go to hell. It's just... Uh, you, you believe it. You better mm-hmm. believe it. That's just how Phil rolled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, ad- adaptation in this case was written by Lionel Chetwind... Lionel Chetwind. That's right. Good name. Yeah. Spelled with a Y. Chetwind. <laughs> yes, I, know. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like a, like a fantasy book name, you know? <laughs> it very much is, yes. I love it. Uh, but, but he wrote the adaptation um, also for The Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz, a movie starring Richard Dreyfuss and directed by Ted First Blood Kocheff, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Uh, Lionel also wrote the movie uh, The Hanoi Hilton in 1987. Did you ever wow. see that movie, Hanoi Hilton? No, I don't think so. Right. But that, if I'm not mistaken, that's where John McCain was kept. I believe so. Like, that was kind of the same thing. I always remember that poster. I've never seen the movie, but even as a kid, I remember seeing that that poster and kind of being fascinated by whatever the Hanoi Hilton was. Because it didn't look like they were going into a nice hotel. You know what I mean? Probably not, no. It was worrying to me. Uh, the movie was produced by Carol Hart, who also produced Free to Be You and Me. Do you know about Free to Be You and Me? Craig, my answer to all of these is no. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm striking out tonight. Goodness. Well, let, let me just say, man. Yeah, for some reason, this movie, <laughs> more than many other movies, uh, has just really cracked open my childhood. Free okay. to Be You and Me was a Marlo Thomas project. Uh, there was basically a bunch of skits and songs that were basically trying to teach kids that women were equal to men. That was the whole idea. It was just yeah. women yeah. are just good as intentions. good as men. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, the fact that I grew up with that is kind of amazing to me. <laughs> yes. But, but I, I mean, I loved it. I loved that album. Uh, it has a great Mel Brooks sketch on it. With two babies talking about are they girls or boys? They can't tell if they're a girl or a boy yet, which is hilarious still to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she produced "Free to Be You and Me." So, um, and then the other producer is Marlo Thomas, who uh, was a producer on "That Girl," uh, a show that she was on for many years. We'll get into that in a little bit, mm-hmm. and also "Free to Be You and Me." Obviously, that was kind of her her big deal. Uh, also, Alan Alda's on it. Carol Channing's on it. It's it's an amazing album. You should you should if you haven't ever you should let uh, maybe Ingrid take a listen to that. It's it's great okay. stuff. I'll fire it up. Yeah, fire it up. Um, music is by Stephen Lawrence, who also did music for Sesame Street, as well as the horror movie Alice, Sweet Alice. Why not? Which Those two um, go together. They go together. Well. Yeah, it's peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've got a DP. I mean, damn, have we got a DP, Sean. I know. I saw that already, but go ahead. Like, what is up? We've got Conrad L. Hall, Mm. who also shot such movies as American Beauty 
as Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and a bunch of Outer Limits episodes, uh, which I never knew about that. The stuff he did for TV, which is pretty amazing. But yeah, we've got this TV movie shot by Conrad. (coughs) Shot by Conrad. (laughs) Now, the movie is edited by William Martin, who edited a lot of episodes of uh, Incredible Hulk and Knight Rider and Buck Rogers. Uh, we've yeah we've definitely got kind of a very TV centric uh, crew here, but mm-hmm. we've also got uh, another editor on this was Rob Roberts. I'm not sure how to say this. R O B B E. I would say is Rob, possibly Robe Roberts, <laughs> maybe Robbie robe. Roberts. It, yeah, robed. <laughs> ro- no, uh, <laughs> but Rob, uh, Mr. Roberts, rather. Also edited Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, which I, I'm hoping is not the tone of this movie. I'll be very thrown if it is. different, yeah. But it might be a little different. Also, uh, The Last American Hero, uh, a Jeff Bridges movie, which I, I'd love to see. He was, also an, uh, he was also an assistant editor on McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Uh, so nice. Mr. Roberts had quite, quite a nice little uh, CV there. And then we've got the casting department, We've got Phil Benjamin, uncredited casting on Some Like It Hot. Also did casting on Incredible Hulk and Buck Rogers in Galactica 1980. Wow. Of the Battlestar Galactica series. And then finally, we are to our cast list, which is so exciting to me. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Wow. So first, of course, we've got Marlo Thomas. Uh, She plays Mary Bailey Hatch. Uh, you'll remember Mary, Mary Bailey was the uh, wife of uh, of uh, Jimmy Stewart's character in the first movie. Uh, rather, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Marlo Thomas was on the TV show That Girl from 1965 to 1971. It was a pretty big hit. Uh, you would have also seen Marlo Thomas on such shows as Frasier on Friends. I believe she played Monica's mom on Friends. I think so, yeah. And then uh, also in Ocean's 8, which I haven't seen. Oh, wow. But yeah, I mean, she is uh, she is live and kicking. Uh, next up, we've got Orson Welles as <laughs> Mr. Potter. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it is very crazy. I mean, just looking at the poster and, and there's Orson Welles in the corner of a TV movie. Yes. It's just bizarre, yeah. It really is. It really is. But then, you know, as we go through this, through this, uh, uh, his his other roles, you know, obviously he was in Citizen Kane. If, if you've ever if you've ever heard of that one, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, also Touch of Evil, The Third Man. He was Unicron in Transformers the movie. On Magnum PI, he was the voice of Robin Masters. Uh, he was also in the Muppet movie, Orson Welles had an insane career. <laughs> yeah. He just had an insane, insane career. Uh, next, we've got Wayne Rogers as David Hatch. Wayne Rogers, you would definitely recognize from his role uh, as Trapper John on MASH, the long-lived series MASH, uh, also in such movies as Cool Hand Luke and a movie called uh, Dr. Sex, <laughs> in which he played the raincoat man. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, I didn't look deeper than that because mm. uh, I can't wash my eyeballs, Sean. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So next we've got Cloris Leachman. The best. Cloris Leachman playing Clara. 
Chloris Leachman, you definitely saw, hopefully lots of times, in The Last Picture Show, in Young Frankenstein. Yes, Frankenstein. In, in, uh, yes, in, in Facts of Life, the George Clooney years. You've also uh, recently seen her in American Gods, which actually I haven't seen her in American Gods. Oh, I didn't but, know that. That's cool. Yeah, I, I uh, really want to see that show. I love that book. We've got Barney Martin as Uncle Willie, Sean. Uncle Willie... Uh, old Barney Martin. Does that name ring a bell? Nope. No, it doesn't, does it? But his face rings a bell. Because <laughs> he was Jerry's dad on Seinfeld. Mm. Uh, you've also seen him in such movies as Arthur and the Producers, the original Producers. The good one. Uh, just kidding. And uh, we've got Dick O'Neill as Mr. Gower. Uh, such movies as The Jerk is where you saw Dick O'Neill. You saw him in The Taking of Pelham 123. You saw him in Gamera, The Invincible. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Sean. Next up, we have Doris Roberts as Ma Bailey. Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. In- incredible. Now, you saw Doris Roberts in the sitcom Angie. You also saw her in the movie Honeymoon Killers, which you watched earlier this year with us. When we talked about it for episodes 29 and 30. Uh, well, you know, our plan to do two, two Doris Roberts movies this year has really oh, worked man. out. I mean, yeah, this, this, this amazing scheme we have built around a couple of Doris Roberts movies is really, yeah. really, we, we nailed it. We've got Richard Dysart playing Pa Bailey. You remember Richard Dysart from The Thing and L.A. Law. Nice. Uh, but, I mean, very distinctive look on this guy. You, you will definitely remember him. And finally, the last person that I have mentioned in this cast uh, really took me by surprise, and I'm so excited to see this, is Christopher Guest. Yeah. Christopher Guest is playing Harry Bailey, uh, the brother of George Bailey. Uh, and this is uh, Christopher Guest. He's in Spinal Tap. He was on Saturday Night Live, Waiting for Guffman, Princess Bride. Uh, man. What a strong cast. I am so looking forward to finding out what kind of trivia you were able to find out about this movie shot. Yeah, it's not. I saw, um, I was just looking, trying to remember. There was some movie that screened recently that had Christopher Guest in it as well from the 70s. I can't remember what it was called now, but... It, I, I just like don't think of his career even existing prior to Spinal Tap, which is yeah. nonsense. I know. I mean, I know he's on SNL and stuff, but um, right. yeah, it's just nuts. I'm just like, oh god, yeah, I want to see these. I want to see these real quickly. I, I do want to mention two things that I looked at as you were talking about these crazy people involved in this thing. First of all, Conrad Hall. I mean, listen to this little stretch he had here. Um, cool Hand Luke in Cold Blood. Hell in the Pacific, three in a row, right there. Those That's are all insane. incredible movies. They made yeah. Rogues Gallery, which I'm not familiar with, but then Butch Cassidy was after that. I mean, so like, holy moly, <laughs> that's a that's a run right there. Um, good stuff. Yes. And then the director, uh, David Rye, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though that was just like two seconds ago, right? Oh, yes, yeah, Donald Rye. Sorry, I knew it. Was Donald Rye. Oh, sorry. Yes. He has another miniseries on his resume called America with a K. Listen to this synopsis, Craig. This is 1987. Yeah. America has been bloodlessly taken over by the Soviet Union, leading to slave labor camps for some, collaboration for others, and rebellion for yet others. 
I mean, good <laughs> Lord, that is some Cold War <laughs> yes, insanity. Yes, it is, I mean, boy. We were, yeah. It sounds like Red Dawn, doesn't it? I mean. A- absolutely. But that was, I mean, that was, there were a lot of uh, sort of uh, Russian-themed uh, takeover movies. I know. And just in those days. S- super quickly. Chris yeah. Christopherson, Robert Urich, Sam Neill is in this thing. Arnold <laughs> Mueller-Stahl. <laughs> Uh, wow. Mariel Hemingway, Laura Flynn Boyle, who I imagine both of them must have been playing children or young teens yeah. or something like that. Crazy. I don't know anything That's about nuts. that. I got to look that up. The poster looks intense with yes. Christopherson. Okay. Uh, it happened one Christmas. So this movie, as we mentioned, aired on television, not in theaters, right? Uh, December 11th, 1977. I was just, oh man, nine, nine months old, Craig. Aww. I was barely... Just even a thing, right? Me and Star Wars had just been birthed. Um, (laughs) And it aired as part of the ABC Sunday Night Movie. And I know you're sitting at home thinking, man, I wish I knew more about the ABC Sunday Night Movie. Well, guess what? You can tell me. Buckle in. Here we go. Uh, This program began in 1962. And... Direct result of the fact that NBC had success with their Saturday night at the movies, which I'm trying to remember. I know we did the TV movie David, if if memory yeah. serves right. That, whew, that was a that was an intense thing. Um, Indeed, and it was one of these movie nights of the week deals that the networks used to do. But so ABC started theirs by basically purchasing the rights to 15 movies from United Artists. They also got trailers for upcoming UA movies so that they could help fill out that two-hour time slot because obviously, you know, movies uh, are at varying lengths. So what do you do? You have to edit them for time and, of course, for content. Uh, One example they gave on the Wikipedia page for uh, the ABC Sunday night movie was uh, the John Huston film from the 50s, Moby Dick. Mm -hmm. And they fit that into a two-hour slot with commercials, even though the movie itself is is 117 minutes long. So they did some major (laughs) – I don't know what that movie looked like after they cut that much out of it, but wow. Um, There's no whale. Now, every now and then, though, they would expand the slot to two and a half hours – which seems like a nice gesture to the film and the filmmakers. Um, Indeed. And even more special, they would sometimes broadcast a movie in two parts. And they did this with Superman in 1982 um, and made it a special event by including footage that was not used in the theatrical cut. Oh, and cool. other movies that got a similar treatment were Superman 2, but also Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek 2: The Wrath of... Oh, nice. Which I still have nightmares of flashbacks seeing that movie on video and eating soup uh, when there's like a worm that comes out of his ear or something like that. I just, oh, God, that was an early terror <laughs> for me. Uh, from 72 to 1990, ABC had the rights to the Bond franchise. So it's quite possible that uh, you and I both watched... Uh, God knows how many James Bond movies on ABC during the Sunday oh, Night movie. 100%, yeah. Um, I had mentioned those specifically. Uh, saw lots of editing, as you might imagine, here and there. Um, but listen to this. They had a pretty good list of other stuff they also ran. Bridge on the River Kwai, Love Story, True Grit, the obviously John Wayne version. 
Uh, Patton, Jaws, they showed on TV. Dr. Doolittle, Saving Private Ryan even made the list. Mouse Hunt, E.T., Pearl Harbor, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, etc. Yeah. In the 60s and 70s, it's crazy. These things would get ratings in the high 30s or 40s. And that's just like an insane amount of eyeballs. Like that's like a share, right? A percentage yeah. of households that are watching these things. And it kind of fizzled out towards the end of the 90s. But even then, was still getting around 17 million viewers. That's that's just viewers, not a rating. So, I mean, compared to like stuff, you know, even like the highest ranked shows on TV now are, are barely touching that, I think. So it's just a much different time when there was only so many channels. And in 98, it, I believe, got replaced by the wonderful world of Disney in that time slot. And they would break it out every now and then, this moniker, the ABC Sunday Night Movie, um, for sporadic things. But in 2011, they used the time slot for movies that were under the Hallmark Hall of Fame, which mm -hmm. then moved, because these things were so successful, to the Hallmark Channel itself, right? Um, and now, this here's a bit of interesting trivia that's going to uh, give you a little quiz here. They only use the Sunday Night Movie title... Um, for two special holiday movies every year. Uh, do you want to guess what those two movies are? Uh, now, I mean, what two holiday special movies do they use it for? Yep. Is one It's a Wonderful Life? It is not. Should we go ahead and just cut the podcast right now? I know you're seething yeah. probably. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's uh, The Sound of Music that they air around Christmas and The Ten Commandments, which they air uh, near Easter. Easter. Okay. No, I, I, I had no idea because I haven't had cable in a long time. And I don't remember. I've not just... watched any broadcast TV in a long, long time. Yeah, that's when for sure. ABC is alive, that's for sure. So back yeah. to the movie at hand. Um, this one was kind of rare for the ABC Sunday night movie in that it was made for TV and had no theatrical release, right? Right. Um, and uh, I think part of that is because of its, you know, being based on It's a Wonderful Life. And from what I read, you'll be happy to hear in some regards, Craig, that the script is said to be quite faithful, at least to the story and the plot and dialogue of the original. Um, there's clearly some gender change happening. Um, I think the movie over time garnered a perception that they had completely kind of flipped the gender in most of the roles. And what I read is like, it's really on like four different roles, like in the movie that you're going to see any sort of gender swapping going on there. Yeah. Um, and that's about it as far as the background of like this movie. And most of that obviously was just about how it aired and how it was presented to the audience. Um, except I did find that they shot some scenes at the Beverly Hills High School. So isn't that nice? Oh. Okay, so contextually, um, I didn't know this, and may maybe you didn't as well, but uh, It's a Wonderful Life was not really something of a, uh, you know, a Yuletide experience for most Americans in 1977. In fact, it hadn't aired on TV much at all. Yeah, since it's, no, I, I didn't know. Yeah, you know, was in theaters, so that there, there's about thirty years worth of audiences that were not familiar with it. In fact, and this is kind of interesting. I was just you know doing some googling. Oh, getting my googs, 
uh, on this movie. And <laughs> I, I came across a blog review and quickly realized that the person that wrote it uh, was on his website was Max Allen Collins. And that sounded kind of familiar to me. He is the writer of the graphic novel, The Road to Perdition, which guess who shot The Road to Perdition, Craig? Conrad Hall. Indeed. Uh, It's crazy, which I'm not even sure he mentioned in that review. He must have, I'm sure. Um, So I'm going to just read a little bit here of what he said about this movie we were talking about. So, It's a Wonderful Life, 1946, was largely forgotten until it accidentally lapsed into the public domain, which I didn't know that either, but that's crazy. In the 1980s, the film began its rise to Christmas season perennial, initially through screenings on PBS stations. Though Jimmy Stewart had been, or excuse me, has been perhaps my favorite screen actor since Vertigo warped me at age 10, and despite me being a film buff as long as I can remember, in 1977, I had not only never seen It's a Wonderful Life, I wasn't even aware of its existence. I had just signed to write Dick Tracy, we got a nice advance from the Tribune Syndicate, I had to begin work on the strip three or four months before my paychecks kicked in, and our extravagance was to buy one of them newfangled videotape recorders, a Betamax. The very first movie I recorded, the first anything I recorded, was It Happened One Christmas, off the air, an ABC Sunday night movie, using two 60-minute tapes. It's a pity this yeah, isn't that nuts? It's a pity this film became lost in a shuffle when public domain screenings in the nineteen eighties gave It's a Wonderful Life a wonderful second life. There's no question that Capra's film is a big screen classic. Yet this small screen tribute, a canny reimagining, is itself an unrecognized classic of the late twentieth century TV movie. Man. Nice little take there from Max Allen Collins. I can't wait to see this. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so 1977 TV, this is kind of fun cause we haven't really done much of this sort of thing, but, uh, yeah. uh, you want to take a stab at what the number one rated TV show over the course of the 77, 78 TV season was Craig. Uh, good times. Uh, it was not good times. Come on. I know. In fact, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, what the hell? When did good times come out? Cause it was not in my, I've got a little more than. Well, okay, so this is the top 20 as far as ratings go, but some of these, like, it it grouped, there may be more than 20 here. Let's see. I didn't count, but I think there might be. Uh, It was Laverne and Shirley was number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Happy Days, Three's Company, 60 Minutes, Charlie's Angels, All in the Family, Little House on the Prairie, Alice, MASH, One Day at a Time, How the West Was Won, which was a miniseries remake of the film, the Cinerama film, and became a regular series, actually, uh, the following two seasons based on the success. Then you had Eight is Enough, Soap, The Love Boat, the NBC Monday Night Movie, Monday Night Football, which is kind of crazy that that's that far down. Yeah. Fantasy Island, Barney Miller, Project UFO, which is like the only one of these I've never really heard of, uh, the ABC Sunday Night Movie, and The Waltons. Um, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is is crazy, but I mean, so many of those are just like obviously iconic shows. Yes. And kind of cover the gamut. I mean, you've got three just massive sitcoms up front, but then 60 Minutes is in there, right? And Charlie's Angels yeah. and A Little House on the Prairie. And so it was, it was just kind of interesting to see that and think about the legacy of those shows is just insane. Um, yes. And this was also like, I mean, there was other stuff on the list below all this, including Hawaii Five-0, The Incredible Hulk, and Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, which that got me thinking about how insane it is kind of that I mean, as far as like anything filmed with Marvel, 
the Hulk, man, that that show was just yeah. gigantic. And that I mean, just yes. it's, it's crazy that it was like that long of a time after that show went off the air before they really had you know this this stronghold that they now have in theatrical um i mean i don't know like i don't remember anything that wasn't animated after that right. you know yeah. being any sort of like success i would call it. so crazy uh the abc sunday night movie for the season had a 20.8 rating overall that year uh it happened one night happened one night i knew i was going to do that it happened one christmas obviously this title was a bit of a reference uh it happened one christmas Pulled in a 27.5 share, which was about 20 million households that watched <laughs> this thing. 20 million people. <laughs> That's insane well, to even and, think about. And more than that, more than that people count because there was families that were probably watching this, right? So yeah. That's just households. Yeah. But it's also it's just so crazy to think that that many people saw that. And then it just kind of, you know, these things just disappeared. Like you would never see it again. Um they aired it once each uh, the following two years, or re-aired, I guess. But then, yeah, after that, it, as Max Allen Collins said, it's you know, it's a Wonderful Life kind of. What was the point in watching it happen one Christmas if you could just watch the original and that's being streamed yeah. via public domain, no less. I said streamed. Yeah. I know I said it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, the rest is TV history, right? Wow. Uh, this movie was nominated for three Emmys. Uh, Cloris Leachman got one for Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie, TV movie, mm -hmm. obviously. Uh, and it was nominated twice in the Art Direction category, which I, I don't quite know how it works, if that's just, you know, they got a category and however people get nominated is however many people get nominated. But uh, it, one was for the Art Director, John J. Lloyd, and the other was for the Set Decorator, Hal Ga Galsman, or Gassman. Uh, I may have wrote that down wrong, I'm sorry. Um, All in the Family was a... Big, big winner that year. It won Best Comedy. The Rockford Files won Best Drama. The Muppet Show won Best Variety or Music Programming. Carol O'Connor and Gene Stapleton won Acting Awards for Archie and Edith Bunker. Uh, Ed Asner and Seda Thompson won in the Drama Departments for the show Lou Grant. You ever heard of that? I, I remember Lou Grant, yeah. Do you? I that's, don't, that's news to me. It's like from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, right? Was it? But I, well, this is I drama. Could have it was a spinoff. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was a spinoff of that. Maybe. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's Ed Asner. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Um, and there was another show just called Family, which was Seda Thompson was on. So this is kind of interesting. I didn't know this. Uh, Meryl Streep, because of course she did, won an Emmy that year uh, for Best Actress in a Limited Series called Holocaust. So I'm sure that was a really light fear that she picked up that award. <laughs> Sounds for. yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Delightful. I had no idea. Uh, Eva Le Gallien, Gallien. I love it. Not sure who she is, uh, but she won the category that Cloris Leachman was nominated in for a special called The Royal Family. CBS picked up 14 awards. NBC had 11, ABC 7, and PBS won two. Uh, despite the nominations, Craig, reviews were a little mixed on this film. Mm -hmm. The LA Times called it satisfying. So, you know, that, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, Washington Post writer Haynes Johnson. His review made no mention of the Capra classic, at least according to where I found this from wellsnet.com, as in Orson Welles. Quote, I had the misfortune to turn on the television the other night. 
<laughs> to Ooh, something boy. called It Happened One Christmas. What happened was the kind of abomination you'd normally snap off immediately, a syrupy about Tiny Tim and Scrooge, but this time set in happy, homey, small-town America with a heroine, Mar- Marlo Thomas, who exudes more goo per second than anyone's seen before. The ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future are combined in one Mary Poppins character with a Cockney accent. Oh, boy. Yeah. But also, like, if you don't mention It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Do you just completely miss the intentions of this movie? So, Oh, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So here's something that was on the Wikipedia page, which um, I could not find to verify or look. I wanted to know much, much more about this. But all I found was the listing of the TV schedule for this week from the New York Times. And they even called the movie the wrong title. They called it It Happened One Christmas Eve, which makes me wonder if it was ever called that at one point. So this Mm -hmm. was like, you know, they were announcing that it was going to be aired as part of their TV schedule. But apparently there was an article they ran after this had aired that had a quote from Frank Capra himself calling it plagiaristic and denouncing the entire thing. Wow. Just too bad. You would like to have those folks in your yeah. corner. Of course, now nobody gives a shit. Like, they would just do it anyway, right? right. Just sort of <laughs> right. sounds like what happened. But I don't know. It's nice to at least appease or offer an olive branch their direction. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's all I have for this film. I'm super excited. I do have one bit of miscellaneous trivia, Craig. Ooh, tell me about it. I haven't it. done one of these in a long time, but I, I do every now and then like to look up the day that these things come out. So I looked up the day that this movie aired and didn't find anything particularly of note. But a year later, on December 11th, 1978, Jimmy Burke masterminded the robbery of $5 million from the JFK airport in New York City, which, of course, yes, situation that gave us Goodfellas. So, yeah. Yep. Instead of staying home and watching uh, a rerun of this one, they got $5 million richer. And then yeah. a lot of people I mean, died think... because they were buying fur coats and stuff. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I want to be the first to say I believe there is a connection. Uh, there could be. We'll, we'll have to look this for movie that. And yeah. That. yeah. We'll definitely mm-hmm. have to look into it uh, and be the first to draw those lines. I'm glad you mentioned yes. it. Yeah. Uh, but, Craig, that's all I got. I'm incredibly interested in seeing this one. It is on Amazon Prime right now, so God bless him for digging into that vault and finding it and making it available for us. I do believe as of 2017, there was not even a DVD in circulation. So, yeah, uh, yeah this is kind of new to the world again after a very long time. And, uh, yeah, it feels like a good way to cap off our year here, and I can't wait to check it out. Me too, man. I am really looking forward to this now even more than I was before. Uh, those bad reviews uh, just sweeten the pot for me. <laughs> Can't wait. Yep. Uh, I'm most curious, I'll say, to just, I, I want to get a sense of what this looks like and feels like. Um, yes. Is it going to feel cheap or is it going to feel cinematic in a way that's okay with having like a sort of snow globe, uh, you know, uh, artifice to it perhaps? Yeah. Well, well I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm looking online at a, uh, an advertisement for it. It oh, looks wow. like it ran, you know, back then, like in a TV guide. 
And it certainly doesn't look like there's any expense uh, that was not... Uh, 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 wait, what? It <laughs> certainly looks like no one avoided... Uh, no, hold on, hold on. They threw it looks like they put it? tons of money oh, good. into this ad. Okay. It is a fully drawn poster. I mean, that is a movie poster if ever I've seen one. Yeah. So at the very least, I can say they were... Yeah, it's not a not a Photoshop job, not a 1977 cut up some photos and paste them together job. That is a, that's a nice poster right there. Yep, and I failed to mention so we'll the tagline that's on there, a Christmas tradition for the whole family to enjoy, which I feel like they've been saying that about our podcast for a couple of years now, right? I mean, it's, yeah, every single episode is one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, this time it'll actually be Christmas. So, um, yeah, everybody have a good week. Come back next time, and uh, we'll get right on into this movie. Craig, any last yes. words? Yes. Ho, ho, ho. Perfect. Bye-bye.